car fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Pomerito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway on August 20th. Make plans now to be part of next year's action by visiting www.raceway.com and bomberito.com. The 2022 Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway is over, and what a weekend it was in the greater St. Louis area. It was two days packed with near nonstop action beginning last Friday and continuing into Saturday, culminating with the big race, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, a 1.25-mile oval located on the banks of the Mississippi River in Madison, Illinois. It was 260 laps of fast, furious, and clean racing that began in the daylight with pole winner Will Power leading the first 58 laps of the race before making his first pit stop. On Friday, Power tied the great Mario Andretti for most poles in IndyCar history with 67. The first 144 laps of the race were run without a caution period. On lap 145, Jack Harvey hit the turn four wall to bring out the first yellow flag in the race. Power was back in front when the green flag waved on lap 157, but he was quickly passed by Padua Ward. Joseph Newgarden took the lead on lap 165. The race was stopped for rain on lap 214 with Scott McLaughlin of Team Penske the leader. The red flag stopped the race for two hours, nine minutes, setting up a dramatic shootout for the victory. The green flag waved to restart the race on lap 224 with McLaughlin in front, but Newgarden hit the accelerator, passed his Team Penske teammate, and was back in the lead. That's where Newgarden stayed until he took the checkered flag on lap 260. He defeated hard-charging rookie David Malukas by 0.4708 of a second. Scott McLaughlin finished third. There were an IndyCar track record 520 on-track passes on the 1.25-mile oval, including 179 for position. That's the most since IndyCar returned to Worldwide Technology Raceway in 2017. In the end, it was Newgarden who won the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 for the fourth time in his career. It was also his fifth IndyCar win this season and the 25th of his career, tying him with the great Gordon Johncock on the all-time IndyCar victory list. I caught up with the winner of the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway for this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy. 
Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is the winner of the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 Worldwide Technology Raceway, Team Penske's Joseph Newgarden. Your fourth career victory in the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. I guess if Roger Penske owns the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Joseph Newgarden owns Worldwide Technology Raceway. It's been a great track for us. You know, I think not just for me, but for Team Penske, we've had really tremendous race cars here. They've been fast and reliable and, you know, more times than not, they're, they're the cars to beat. So that makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, always thankful to be here with Team Penske. I feel like, you know, I've got the best of the best behind me as always. I always, I say that because I really mean it. And um, yeah, I was excited to be here tonight and see us get another win. It was big for our championship. You know, I think it makes a big, a big difference for us. You are now only three points behind teammate Will Power in the battle for the NTT IndyCar Series Championship. Only two races to go. It's going to be a heck of a fight. And how do you size it up battling your teammate with such a thin margin? It's going to be difficult. You know, Will's been on it all year, very consistent, fast, as always, you know, the things that you see from Will. Um, but we're going to be working hard to be just as good and, you know, do everything in our power to, to race him clean and, you know, be better than, than he is. You know, obviously we're, we're a team. So if it's not me winning, we want to see Will win or we want to see Scott win. And we have three great opportunities. You know, Will and me are the closest, but Scott's still in this fight too. And, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, we got to get a Penske car in victory lane for, for the championship. There's actually two Scots that are still left in the championship fight. Scott Dixon's also back there within striking distance, only uh, maybe 16 points behind you, 16 or 17. When you look at the, these four drivers that have the best chance of being able to win the championship, you got to look ahead and behind at the same time almost. Yeah, it's a it's an incredible group. You know, I think I think IndyCar is the most competitive form of motorsports you're going to find on the planet. It's so difficult to beat any team, any driver in this series. You know, and I, it's easy to just say that and be complimentary of you know the competitors that you have, and you know maybe give a marketing line. But it's so true about our championship. You know, it's it's flipping all the time. You have you know in this championship race, you have six or seven legitimate contenders and. You know, they're, they're all capable of winning. And within two races, things can change, you know, immediately. They can, they can flip, and they flip back and forth many times this year. So I don't think it's predictable. You know, we're going to have to see how it, how it shapes up. But we've, we've all got to be on it. We've all got to be consistent in these last two races if we want the crown. It also seems that after the two-hour and nine-minute red flag because of rain, that your car came to life. What was it about that? Was it just the fact that the race was going to end under the lights at night is one of the reasons why the car came to life the way it did? I think it was a lot of things. You know, I, my car was good in the beginning, but it was a it was a fuel race to start out. You know, everyone flipped to the three-stop or tried to make the three-stop work, which was surprising to me. I didn't realize the entire field would try and save fuel, and that's what was happening. And then in the middle, when the opportunity, you know, came about a lap 150, you know, we took it, we pitted, we tried to make the, the race more simple to the finish, and that's basically what happened. Um, and it just opened the door for us. It really opened the door for us to turn the car up, you know, see what the true potential was. We started using the second lane, and yeah, I felt like, you know, we had the car to beat tonight in a lot of ways with Team Chevy and, and PPG. Rookie David Malukas of Chicago battled your teammate, Scott McLaughlin, got second place away from him. Then he started coming after you. His team owner, Dale Coyne, called him a real tiger at the end. Did you start to feel his claws coming after you? Yeah, I was feeling those fresher tires. I mean, I don't think he had a big advantage tire-wise, but he had some. And so, you know, you knew he was working to, to get past us, and it was going to be it was going to be difficult to hold him back if we had more laps. But, 
you know, um, it worked timing wise, worked out really nice for us tonight. You know, I was pleased to see it not slip away. Um, but you got to give a lot of respect to David. I think he's been a tremendous rookie and he's very deserving of this podium. Um, you know, if he won the race, he would have been deserving, but it would have been heartbreaking for us. So yeah, I'm glad it, it worked out. You know, we, we were able to make it to the end. Your fifth victory of the season. You didn't get your first IndyCar win until you 2015. And since then, eight seasons later, now you have 25. Do you think that 50 is a legitimate goal that you can reach in your career? I don't see why not. You know, I think it's possible. Um, I, I don't want to slow down. I don't want to put a limit on something. You know, I'm, I'm here to to get better every year. You know, every year I want to see us improve. And I think we, we are doing that in a lot of ways. But this has got to be the most difficult championship to find an edge on your competitors. So, yeah, I don't know how um, we can keep raising the bar, but we're going to keep looking for it. 25 career victories ties you with the great Gordon Johncock, a two-time Indianapolis 500 winner. I'm sure you've heard the name and know the history of IndyCar racing and know, you know, what a great driver he was to now be tied with him in career victories. It's got to be a pretty cool achievement for Joseph Newgarden. It's a big deal, you know, just to be here with with this team. I, You know, I forget about it. Uh, it's, you know, almost full a full 11 years on you know we're still in our, my 11th season in indycar and sixth season with penske but i forget about you know the opportunity that i've had at times i get focused on the day-to-day -day and you know the job and and you know trying to excel at it and trying just to be better at it in all ways but it's been a real honor to be here and do this for as long as i have and so what the future holds i have no idea um i hope it holds you know more than than what the past held um but i don't you know i don't i don't make the rules and and it's impossible to predict and what was the key moment for you in the race i know you had mentioned earlier everybody seemed to be on fuel save strategy and then after the uh the rain stoppage everybody did away with that and started going with a different strategy what do you see as being the key moment for you in the race yeah definitely the pit stop you know around lap 150 160 you know us taking tires and you know going off fuel save and just going to attack mode that was that was the difference maker we, we turned up and we saw the car was capable of, of being the best and you know we focused on doing that was that because you knew rain was coming and the race may end no because of I, rain? Think, I think it was the right decision I, i'm surprised more people it sounds like it was more obvious looking at the time. And I, it kind of looked obvious to me too. Like, why don't we just take this and get off this? I think there was only seven cars in the lead lap, seven or eight cars. So it seemed like a no brainer, but you know, these things can flip. They can flip really quickly. So I get the reservation, but I think our team made the right call. And wrapping up here with Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway winner, Joseph Newgarden and Team Penske, two races to go, Portland, Monterey, looking at your track record at both races, how do you size up the championship? Anything's possible, Bruce. You know, I, I don't worry too much about the track record. I'm, I'm focused on what we can control. And, you know, I think we can be good at both of them. We're going to have to be good at both of them. So it, it, it doesn't really matter what the track record is. I just know what we need to do. Joseph Newgarden, Team Penske, congratulations on winning the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. And thank you for joining us by Pit Pass Indy. Presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 or Worldwide Technology Raceway. Thanks, Bruce. David Malukas, a 20-year-old rookie from Chicago, had his best race of his IndyCar career Saturday night when he finished second to race winner Joseph Newgarden in the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. The Dale Coyne Racing Driver talked about his big race afterwards. Oh man, so much. Uh, 
mainly just uh, nervous because I haven't done it in a while, so I had no idea what to do. <laughs> um, so after I passed the start finish line, even I was like, oh, this is so great. I was celebrating. I was like, wait, wh where do I go? What do I do? I don't, I don't know what's going on. And then um, thankfully McLaughlin, um, I just followed, I just watched him with like staring him down. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to copy him. Um, and so I think it went, uh, yeah, I did it. And I think it went smoothly. So I, I kind of, yeah. I mean, I've, it's just been, it's been a while, you know, and then they have the confetti and you know, it's just, it's a lot, you know, it's like, wow, it's a lot going on. Yeah. So, uh, Pancho came on the, on the radio and he's, he was telling me to set Pancho him up. Set him up. Yep. Yes. Your, yeah. And spotter. I, my spotter. Yeah. And I was, I was trying, trying so hard, but, uh, you know, they, they know how to, how to do this. They were just blocking my line and stuff. I was like, man, this is so hard. Um, but, uh, but Pancho said, try the, try, you know, try going wide and, and, uh, and one and two, three and four, one and two didn't really work, but you know, they, they sweeped it and it, it felt really good. And I just said, you know, it's two, two to go. Let's try it. And it just, it, it worked very well. You know, I had that bit of a clean air on the, on the front right wing and I was able to, to get a run. Um, but because the track was just so much quicker with, uh, with it being so much later, I ended up just hitting limiter in six gear and I couldn't get any more of like a, a toe or a suck on him. So then we had to go like two wide and one and two, and, uh, it was a little bit scary going wide there. I was definitely getting some, some loose, loose ends, but, um, overall, yeah, it was just, it was so happy that we managed to go back out because we knew from practice yesterday, the cooler the track got, the better our car ended up being compared to the others around us. So we knew we had a good car going into it. I knew I had a chance. Through the race, I, I was doing the high line, but it was that last stint. I didn't do the high line till till two to go. Well, I mean, like with McLaughlin um, at the end with the tires being starting to, uh, that's when I wasn't really doing the high line because I didn't think it would be able to hold, which uh, is my mistake because the Dale Quinn racing car was very good and it it handled it with the breeze. Poncho's like, okay, go get him. It's last lap. I'm like, that's two corners. Left. He's too far. I, I was, so, yeah, no, it was a bit unfortunate that I, I did it so late, but, um, I guess, you know, rookie, rookie season, rookie stuff. And I'm going to put it in the, in the back of my brain and remember it for next time. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's tough. You know, he had the lap traffic. That's the only reason why I could really get to, to McLaughlin and, uh, and new garden. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I, maybe, maybe a bit of a chance definitely probably would have done some, some stupid thing to, to try to get really close to him. But I don't know. They, it's, it's not like they weren't slow. I mean, they were really quick and uh, it would have been interesting. But yeah, Ross told me, he's like, you know, you, you see the leaders go get them. And then uh, I saw them go through one and two and I'm like, oh my God, they're Penske's. Like I'm going, <laughs> I'm going behind Penske's right now. This is crazy. You know, cause to me, it's, you know, as, as a kid, I used to always watch and uh I just could only dream of it. And, uh, every time through practice, you know, every time they, they pass me or I, I, cause I always let them by, I'm always like, man, this is oh, a, no, if, if, you know, it's definitely special to me. And then, uh, you know, I, it was, I was trying so hard to like not get nervous. I mean, I was nervous, but I was trying so hard to just not get overexcited and do something stupid because yeah, it's just, it's definitely intimidating when there's two Penske's in front of you. Uh, David, uh, talking to your team owner out there, he said you were a real tiger out there at the end and, when did you really kind of realize what lap, how much time was left when you realized I can catch those guys? Ooh, well, once I, uh, I got around Pato, who did a very good job defending, it was very tough to get around him. Um, and I think it was Carpenter. Carpenter ended up letting me by, um, which was very nice of him. Um, it was kind of at that moment when I knew, I mean, our car was very quick. I mean, we, we ended up getting around power. We, we got around Pato. I, I, and it was like, the, the car was like very good. So I, I, I mean, as soon as we went out, I knew that it was going to be very good and we would have a chance to catch them. 
Um, but once I kind of got within, I'd say like a second or two, that's when it got very tough to, to get that last bit. And thankfully the lap traffic came and that's where I was able to, to, to really get close uh, and personal. And although uh, Watt Road America is closer to you than St. Louis, the fact that this is a Midwestern oval, it's in the state of Illinois, you're from Chicago, that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, no, it is very cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, in Illinois, and I've always had a lot of success here um, with last year in Indy Lights. We, we won both races there and also had a very good pass with Kyle Kirkwood. It took like four laps to get around him on the outside. So yeah, I have a good history here and it just keeps building. So I'm, I'm really liking this place. And also the last question, the great thing about Dale Coyne Racing is they don't have to have the most or the best, but they do very well with what they have. And how satisfying is that from a driver's point of view to be able to put up the numbers? Yeah, I mean, it means so much. I I knew from the start of this season, I started off rough making a lot of rookie mistakes, but I, I kept on learning and I knew that the car was getting so good and the team was doing such a good job to get the connection and the chemistry on what we needed and what I wanted. And it, it was just going so well. And I knew that the car deserved a podium. So it feels so good to finally get one um, with, you know, the three races left in the season. So yeah, I'm through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it feels very, that's also another thing that's, that's so nice is I want Dale coin racing to succeed so much because it's, it's Chicago based. I was born and raised in Chicago and I'm only like 20 minutes down from the shop. And, you know, there's been many moments in this season, like too many for me, um, where I had to re repay, um, the mechanics and engineers and get them donuts. So, and after Nashville, I also supplied some more donuts and nice ones from stands, Chicago based, um, good place by the way. Um, but you know, it, it means a lot. And, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, it's, uh, I, I, the reason why I pushed so hard and, and trying to get that podium was for the team. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. 
Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Another rookie driver, Christian Lungard, has been impressive this past month and a half. He was rewarded last week when he signed a long-term contract extension to remain with Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing in the NTT IndyCar Series. Here are Lungard's thoughts on the new contract for Pit Pass Indy. In the beginning of the season, this was the aim, you know, to, to get to this point, uh, to get it all settled. Um, and now, now we're here. I spoke to my dad yesterday um, as I actually signed the papers yesterday. You know, it, it was a big relief for me because it's it's been the pressure, you know, to, to get this done and, and to be sure the future is settled. Um, and, you know, for me, that is actually the first time that has ever happened. Um, and that was the aim when we came over here to America to, to get this sorted and now it's done. Um, but you know, we got three races to go and then in the off season, I can celebrate. Not, not yet. Um, I spoke to Marcus Eriksson about this, this specific question. Um, it, IndyCar is a lot about stability and I don't think many people realize this. Um, now I, I know that, that I'll be with the same people, the same engineers, um, and et cetera, you know, the, the same team. And for me to, to know that and, you know, to be able to work close to them and, you know, be more a part of, a part of the team, I think is, is a big benefit, uh, which is also why I think we, we see, uh, I wouldn't call them the old guys, but uh, the, 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 the experienced uh, drivers, you know, they, they've been with, with the same team for a long time and they're still competitive. Um, and, you know, they, they win races. We see Scott, we see Will, um, you know, just kicking our butts um, and, you know, for a, for a young driver to come in and, and be on that level is tough. In the beginning of the season, we struggled uh, a lot more than we, we thought we would. I think St. Pete was a, a special event. The first race of the season, I think everyone needed to get their, their feet on the ground and, and get going. Um, I don't think we started the weekend on, with the 30 crew that well. I think we're 25th in, in the first practice out of 27 cars or 26. You know, but we made progress through the weekend and we were looking at a P6 finish. Um, we ended up P11, which it is, it is what it is. We know, and then we went to Texas. Our qualifying wasn't great. As a, as a team, we were struggling a lot in qualifying. And that whole continuation of the beginning of the season was just mentally tough for absolutely everybody in the team. Um, and I, I, I spoke to, to several people before the 500 that after the 500, all the energy that goes into the 500, people start to degrade in the, in the second part of the season. And that's where we upped our game. Um, cause the second half of the season so far, we've been strong. Um, I think road America was, was kind of the turning point where we started to, to perform better and. You know, we've been on the roll. We we got our first podium. We we qualified third at Nashville, um, which, just for the record, I absolutely wasn't expecting to happen. But uh, you know, now it's done, and, and I'm happy um, that we we've we've shown that we got the potential. The, the most of it actually comes from Graham, um, because I would say all my knowledge on ovals comes from Graham. Uh, Graham's got a tremendous amount of experience on ovals, and, and for me to come in as a as a rookie. Uh, I wouldn't say before I came over here was being scared of, of ovals, but 
you know, it, it is different. It, it's tough. And I think it's, it's a big mental game. Um, Texas, I think the race performance was, was quite decent. We were, we were moving up quite, uh, quite quickly. Um, Iowa, I enjoyed a lot. I, uh, I must say I enjoy the, the short ovals quite a bit. The test, I don't think we were as competitive as we were in Iowa. Uh, luckily that was just the test day. And, uh, you know, we, we got to perform when, once the race gets there, but Indy was a, was a special one. I think for me, I, I enjoyed it more than, than I probably should have. I should probably have expected more of, I wouldn't say dedication and hard work, but you know, the performance wasn't there. And, and at that point that I wouldn't say we gave up, but it was more from my own perspective was, you know, getting the experience because there was no point of going out and do something, something stupid. Uh, absolutely. I mean, everyone in, in the team works well together. I mean, I like Bobby, I like uh, Mike and David. Um, you know, we've, I've actually spent more time with them than I thought I would um, in the beginning than in, I did in the beginning of the season. Um, you know, Mike called me yesterday just to congratulate me on, on, on the contract. But what I like a lot about Mike is that he tells you what he thinks, like he doesn't filter it. Um, and I think it, that, that is a good um, thing to have. Um, and as a team, I think we also need to move more in that direction and, you know, just get things done, have some more conclusions on things and, and, and get on with it. I don't think there's been much I haven't really liked about IndyCar so far. I think it, it's there's always going to be decisions you you would have hoped would have made different from from several people if it's if it's the stewards or the race director or or etc. If it, you know changes to the tracks and and stuff like this. Um, but I think overall, like I've said many times now, and when, when I moved over here and I've had the question, what's the difference about Europe and, and America? It's for me, it's about racing. It's more about racing than it's it's about politics and et cetera. What I like about IndyCar is that the feeling I have here is the feeling I got when I fell in love with go-karts. You know, you put the car on the ground and you race and you have fun. Um, but you compete and once the helmet's off, everyone's his best buddies. Um, you know, and you don't see that uh, in Europe. And for me, I the life is good for me in America. I mean, I, I prefer it here. Uh, obviously, I miss family and friends and, and et cetera, but I'm, I'm sure a time will come for them to to visit me. Um, but not just everything about the the sport over here is is, is preferred for for me. Obviously, I don't think I've properly realized yet, um, but I think my dad has, you know, because he sits on the sidelines and, and you know just watches watches the big big picture of what, what what's going on. Um, but this has basically been, you know, the long time goal you know, to get it done and, and you know, have a multi, multiple year uh, agreement because it, you know, it settles everything down. You know, you, you, you've got a, a work path and I think that's, that's just a benefit um, overall, but, you know, it, it's been, damn, it's been work from 2007, you know, when I started racing and, and now we're here, it's, 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 it's happening. And, you know, I wouldn't say we never expected it to happen, but you know, it's it's always been been questionable if if it was possible. And and I think again, just to to follow up on the question before, I think I don't think necessarily my chances would have been as big in Europe as they would have been here. Um, so that's that's obviously a good choice to come here. That for me, I, I 
I've said this before. I haven't looked too much into to the rookie standings. I think uh, now, obviously, there will be a bit more uh, a bit more focus on it as we as we reach the end of the season. Um, but I mean, I've I've just tried to focus on each event uh, as they come, and I've looked more on the overall standings to be honest than I've I've looked at the rookie championship because um, that's you know I rather want to win the, the the whole championship. We we aren't in that position, so. The, the rookie championship will for sure be be our, our main goal for now. Um, you only get one shot at it, so you, you got to perform. Um, and that's what tough what's tough about a, a rookie season is you got one shot at it um, and you need to get everything right. Um, but you also got to learn as much as possible and mistakes will follow. And I think we've, we've executed uh, quite well in the beginning of the second part of the season. And I think that's why we are where we are in, in the rookie standings. I would say, I wouldn't say I'm un, uncomfortable on the track or in the car. I would say I'm, I'm for sure getting more comfortable. Um, but I think it's it's all about confidence, experience, knowledge, um, and which is also why I've focused on more on actually getting through the races than, than going for that one position, uh, you know, playing playing the long game. Um, because, you know, in, in the hope of, of this um, you know, contract, um, you know, for me now, I know that, that I'll have an, another shot again. So it, it's now the experience I've gained, I need to use and execute next year. Um, so which is also why I, I think, uh, next year ovals will be a lot stronger, but I want to finish gateway, um, strong because it's the last oval of the season. We've performed at Nashville. We performed at Indy. So then, which means it's a road course, it's a street circuit. Now we just got to have a good good end to the season on on the last oval, um, and then I can I can be very satisfied with my my rookie season. In our Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway Spotlight, our guest is Marcus Erickson, winner of the 106th Indianapolis 500. Erickson remains in the thick of the battle for this year's championship. With two races remaining, Erickson is fourth in the standings, 17 points behind the leader, Will Power, of Team Penske. Joseph Newgarten is second, just three behind Power. Scott Dixon is third, 14 behind Power, and only three ahead of Erickson. Defending champion Alex Pillow is fifth, 43 points out of the lead. With two races to go, the 43 points among the top five is the tightest title chase since 2003 in the old Indy Racing League. That year, 41 points separated the top five with two to go. Here is my exclusive interview with Erickson for Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, is the winner of this year's Indianapolis 500, Marcus Erickson, driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing. It's down to two races to go for the championship. You're still in the thick of the battle. How do you feel as we get a weekend off before finishing the season at Portland on Labor Day weekend and then the following weekend at Monterey, California. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, it's uh, it's been a fun season. Obviously, winning the, the biggest race in the world, the 500, was huge for, for me and for, for the team. And uh, then, you know, you've just been in this championship battle all, all season long. So it's been, um, 
it's been really cool to be part of that. It's going to go down to the wire now, you know, and the two West Coast races are both really fun races where I've been fast and strong before. So I feel confident about it. I think it's going to be close and it's going to be all decided in the last race, I feel like. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I really trust my team. I really think we have everything there to win it, but it's going to be tough and, and tough competition. But, uh, yeah, overall, I'm just super excited and looking forward to it. There's a great mix of former champions that are in this battle, uh, including Will Power, the 2014 champion, your teammate, six-time NTT IndyCar Series champion, Scott Dixon. Then you've got another teammate, the defending champion, Alex Pillow, and a two-time champion over at Team Penske and Joseph Newgarden. And here's Marcus Erickson battling out with these former champions. How do you feel about having all of these great champions that you're battling with. It feels amazing, you know, it's it's like you said there, you know, the the statistics tells everything, you know, these are great racing drivers, some of the best in the world, and for me to be able to to go up against these guys and fight with these guys for a championship is something I'm, I'm really proud of, and, uh, you know, I want to get that first championship, there's no doubt about that, I want to do that double of the 500 and the championship in the same year, which has been so hard, you know, for people to do, so... Uh, but yeah, it, it feels it feels really cool to be part of that group to to you know fight for this championship. What do you see as being one of the big reasons why you're here? We are this late in the season, and you have an outstanding chance to win your first series championship. Is it the double points that came with winning the Indianapolis 500 combined with how consistent your finishes have been? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, obviously the double points helped us. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But I think the key for us being in the championship hunt has been the consistency that we've had in the eight car uh, this year and last year, really. We're always in the top 10. We're always in the top eight, you know, thereabouts. And, you know, that's the thing, I think, to try and win a championship. You have to have your bad days needs to be as good as possible. And I think that's something we've been doing well. Um, but with that said, you know, we need some big results here in the last two and uh, we need to fight for wins and, and try and score some big results to, to be able to win this championship. And that's our sort of mindset. Isn't it uncanny that every year somebody that's fighting for the championship is going to have that one race where things just don't go well? You've already gotten that one out of the way. So to have that one done and out of the way, how much confidence does that give you that you can close out the season doing what you do best. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit frustrating. You know, lately we had the Indy GP where we had a problem in qualifying, which meant we couldn't do any laps there and we had to start from the back. And then that became like a recovery drive. And then obviously getting bumped out of a top five in, in Nashville was also very painful. So we've lost some valuable points there, but that's racing that happens sometimes. We, we We've had things go against us a bit, but that just means that you need to keep working hard and believing in what you do. And I know we are fast enough to to take this uh, to Laguna. So I'm, I'm confident in what we do. And I, I know that things will turn around sooner rather than later. And what about all the depth of talent that's at Chip Ganassi Racing, where you can draw from so many different people on, that have been on championship teams and combine that with the fact that, or contrast that with the fact that two of those guys are actually your teammates. Yeah, I think it's a great strength and it's helped me take me to another level to have teammates like Scott Dixon, Alex Palou and Jimmy Johnson. You know, they're all legends in their own way, really. And for me to be part of that, it's, it's, you know, it's been great and I've learned a lot from them. And I think, you know, the combination of experience and skills from all four of us have really helped all of us to be so strong. And I think that what makes Ship Ganassi Racing so so great to be part of. You know, it's, it's like a big family and we work very well together. So uh, it feels cool to, to fight the battle 
battle of the championship against these guys as well. You know, we want to win as a team, but of course, uh, I want to be, beat uh, my teammates as well. And to be able to do it the same year you won the Indianapolis 500, how special would that be? It would be super special. You know, it's it's been a long time. I think Dario in 2010 is the last time someone did the double, and I think that shows how difficult it is. But uh, I think we have a good shot at it, and it would, you know, make it even more special if I can do both in the same year. And as far, though, after you won the Indianapolis 500, you went on a bit of a whirlwind media tour after that. What are some of the things that you were able to hear from people in Sweden? It's been very big. You know, the King of Sweden reached out and congratulated me. And, you know, a lot of people, he's been a lot of press. Uh, IndyCar has been growing massively the last few years in Sweden with, uh, you know, me and Felix being uh, in the series and doing well. So there is a, lo a large following in Sweden and it's just getting bigger, obviously, after the 500. So it's fun to see. And, and I can see now on like almost every race, there is Swedish fans here that's flying in from Sweden to watch us race. So that uh, that means a lot. And looking forward to going back to Sweden after the season and, you know, celebrate the 500 and hopefully a championship with my Swedish fans. The day after winning the Indianapolis 500, you lamented that you went into the gift shop at the Speedway and there wasn't a Marcus Erickson shirt or T-shirt or anything available. Has that been rectified? Has that been corrected? Are there now some... Do you see fans now wearing your apparel? Yeah, I do. It's it's cool. You know, it's been uh, it's been a big difference. Obviously, after the 500, I see a lot of fans wearing uh, Mark Erickson stuff. So it's uh, it means a lot as well. You know, to see that support and uh, uh, yeah, it it gives you good motivation and, and good energy to see that. And there's been a lot of great accomplishments by some of your teammates this year, including Scott Dixon's two victories, which now give him second place in all-time wins with 53 breaking a tie that he had with Mario Andretti. What were your thoughts to see Scott be able to reach that goal? And he still got some wins left in him in his career. For me, it was just a matter of time, to be honest. You know, I know how hard Scott works and how good he is as a driver. And, uh, you know, it was never a question mark for me that he would get there. And, and I think he's still going as strong as ever. So I think that's an inspiration for all of us. And, you know, like I said before, I'm, I'm really feeling lucky and to have a teammate like him you know i can always learn stuff from him and he's always you know very open and uh you know the best teammate you can have really and have you learned things from another teammate of yours jimmy johnson last year when alex Palou won the championship he credited johnson with talking him about how important focus was to be in a championship race and a lot of little things that were very helpful when Alex won the championship. Have you had conversations like that with Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, I speak to Jimmy a lot and, you know, like Scott, you know, he has a lot of experience and uh, they can help with different things. And so, yeah, I, I, I try and use all these experience that we have up there in the in the driver room and, you know, see if I can learn things from from all of my teammates. Now, when you were in Formula One, there was a period there where you, know, you were a mainstay in the series. You started 97 Grands Prix. Success, though, may not have uh, followed in a lot of those races because of the team you were on. Now that you're in IndyCar, you've achieved all this success does it feel like it's finally happening for Marcus Erickson, or do you sometimes ask yourself, is this really happening? No, I feel like, you know, I've always believed in myself. I always believed that I had the ability to, to you know, win races and fight for championships and win championships on the, on the highest level. But as we all know, Formula One is a lot about what car and team you're in. And, you know, I was very happy I managed to do so many years in Formula One, but I felt frustrated. I never got the chance really to show my skills. And uh, 
that's what's been great coming to IndyCar and, you know, building up my career here in the States and really being able to show what I can do as a driver. And um, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm just getting started, really, to be honest. And is that the beauty about IndyCar is that you can already have a Formula One career and you're still young enough that you can come over to IndyCar. And as you just said, your career's just getting started. Yeah, I think that's amazing. You know, we see, you know, my two of my main competitors for the championship this year is Will Power and Scott Dixon, and they're, you know, well past 40. Uh, and that says a lot, you know, uh, that, you know, you, they're still as strong as ever and as, as good as ever. So hopefully I have many years uh, left in this series and, you know, many more wins and championships uh, in front of me. Another driver from Denmark signed a contract extension earlier this week. It's Christian Lungard, and he's told us that him and his girlfriend hang out a lot with you and your girlfriend. If you could describe what that's like, you know, that you guys really do spend a lot of time together. Yeah, we do. I mean, Christian is... Uh yeah, from Denmark, so we have some, you know, common ground there, and he lives uh, in the same apartment complex as I live in, in Indianapolis, and both our girlfriends are, are Danish and good friends, so it sort of makes sense, and um, yeah, we've been hanging out quite a lot this year, which has been cool, you know, Christian is a, is a great guy, and he's been very impressive this year, I've been happy to see his progress in the series, and you know, his success lately, and, and that he got rewarded with a new contract, I think was well-deserved, and I was really happy to see that. Do you see him as being a driver in the future that's going to be up there fighting for wins and championships? 100%. I think he has the talent and the work ethic to do it. So I think he will be a, a competitor to, to, to really be up there and, and fight for it for many, many years to come. And this may sound like a simple or uninformed question, but how different are the languages between Swedish and Danish? It's, it's very similar in many ways, but still quite different. So it's, uh, you know... Since my girlfriend is Danish, I've been learning Danish quite uh, quite a lot the last uh, six months. Um, but um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty similar the languages, I would say. And how uh, similar is Swedish with Finnish and Norwegian? Finnish completely different. Norwegian is quite similar to Swedish, so it's it's a bit weird how we have it up there in the Nordic countries. To be fair. And as far as those working for Chip Ganassi, what's the dynamic like uh, with him being the team owner because he's got. Four drivers, four teams, four crews that he's got to all work with. And for him to be able to compartmentalize all that, make each one of the drivers and their teams feel special, how difficult is that? And do you marvel that he's able to do that so successfully? I think that's one of the the, the reasons why Ship Canasta Racing has been so successful over such a long time is the, the way Ship handles things, the way Ship you know, leads the team and uh, the way he treats is like a big family, you know, and uh, he wants us all to, to be successful. He wants us all to win and, and fight for it. And that's what he has always said. So I think, you know, uh, it all, always starts from the top. And, and for me, Ship is, uh, is the best leader you can have in a team. And finally, do you feel that the championship is close enough that you can actually touch it? Ah, no, I, I don't think you can take anything, uh, you know, uh, for granted in this sport. And until the Checker flag in Laguna, we won't know who, who's going to win it probably. So uh, we're in the mix. We're going to do everything to win it. I think we have the, the ability to do it. But, uh, yeah, it's going to go down the wire. Marcus Erickson, driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing. Good luck in the championship chase. Thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Thank you. 
And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. We want to thank our guests, Bomberito Automotive Group 500 winner Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske, second place finisher David Malukas of Dale Coyne Racing, rookie Christian Lungard of Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, and this year's Indy 500 winner, Marcus Erickson of Chip Ganassi Racing, for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And we especially want to thank our partners, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Make plans now to see one of the biggest and best IndyCar races of the season in 2023. For more information, go to www.raceway.com and bomberito.com. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.